Welcome to episode 20 of Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. My name is Chris Lindicky and I'm an assistant athletic director for the Warhawks. First up on today's pod, we've got Brad Arnett, a member of the Warhawk football team from 1990 to 93, was an All-American as a senior in 93. So he talks about his Warhawk career with graduate assistant Nate Trannell, also discusses his career in sports performance, which has spanned more than 20 years. Brad is the current owner and director of sports performance at Next Level in Waukesha. They've been training high-level athletes for 15 years. So Nate talks with him about that. And they also discuss how UW-Whitewater has impacted Brad's life and career. So a big thanks to Brad for taking the time for the first half of the pod. The second part is graduate assistant Kelly Storty talking with Ashley Tiarina, a member of the Warhawk Women's Track and Field Program from 2017 to 20. Ashley was an All-American in 2018 as part of the indoor 4x4 relay that placed 8th at the national meet. So Ashley and Kelly discuss Ashley's career at UW-Whitewater, how she came to be a Warhawk, that All-American honor, and some of her favorite memories, and her plans moving forward. So thanks to Ashley as well for taking the time. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Educators Credit Union, and go Warhawks. My name is Nathan Trannell, and I'm a graduate assistant for the Warhawks. Today's guest is former UW-Whitewater football player and current owner of and director at Next Level. Brad was an all-conference uh, All-American as defensive lineman for the Warhawks in 1993. Brad was a freshman captain and part of the WIAC Championship and Division III playoff team in 1990. Brad was also inducted into the UW-Whitewater Athletics Hall of Fame in 2013. Brad, thank you so much for joining me today. How are things going for you? Nate, it's great to be on here. Thank you for having me. Um, things are good. Um, it's... Uh, just got off the floor from work, just got home, and um, look forward to uh, talking about me and Whitewater football and whatever else we get onto. Perfect. Yeah, so first question here I have for you, Brad, is uh, Next Level has uh, been extremely successful in developing young athletes. You know, just tell us about when you started Next Level and how it continues to set the standard in sports performance. So we opened Next Level in May of 2005. And uh, interesting story, we started the process in the beginning of 05, and we had some hiccups in the build-out, and I was at home a lot, which was very, the, the 13 years prior to that, being in college athletics, I wasn't home. So I was at home, and my wife was like, listen, you, you got to find something to do here. So I called Coach Brezowitz and I said, Coach, can I just come down and hang out in the weight room? Can I just volunteer? What can I do? And he's like, absolutely, come on down. So I came down and was just assisting in the weight room. That was really my role, just helping out and doing different things. And um, I was there for a week and the head strength coach left. So uh, Paul Polinski was the AD at the time who was doing his doctorates at the University of Minnesota when I was a head strength coach there. So I had known Paul for quite a while, and him and Coach Brezowitz called me in and said, hey, would you be willing to be our interim strength coach to get us through the rest of the spring here and uh, go from there? So that's what I did. I was the interim head strength coach at Whitewater that uh, basically winter semester into the spring of May, and about a week after I was done with that, we opened Next Level, and it's been 15 years that I've been at it. Wow, that's, that, that worked out perfectly for you then. 
no, it was it it worked out good. But you know, the biggest thing with Lex Level is, as I explain it, it's not always about it's not just about the training component of it. I mean, obviously, that's a big part, right? And it's not just sets and reps, but it's getting to know the kids and talking to the kids. And we've got stuff hanging up around everywhere that's uh, motivational quotes and things about life. And uh, we're always always spending time talking to them about focusing and getting better at the things that don't require talent. And it's synonymous with being a good athlete. It's synonymous with being a solid citizen in, 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 in life. So when they focus on those things, uh, becoming a better athlete becomes that much easier. And it's talking to them about developing the habits that they're going to need to be successful in life. If they create those opportunities to go on to college, um, this is what you're walking into. You know, you're going in, we're going to help you go in with a plan. So not just sending them in with a more etiquette to our world, but I think uh, being prepared as a person too, as to what they're going to go through and what to expect and uh, how to handle certain things when they come up. And so it's been, it's been great. We've met a lot of people, um, have established great relationships with a lot of people, uh, a lot of organizations as well as athletes. And it's fun to really not just watch them athletically, but watch them pr uh, progress as adults. And uh, it's, it's been rewarding. It really has been. Yeah, and that's I know that's something here at Whitewater we always like to say is it's not just about football. It's about your social life. It's about being a better person every day. And it seems like that's kind of the philosophy that Next Level has, right, is getting prepared for the next level and getting prepared, you know, for the rest of their life. A hundred percent. You know, when you, when, when, you, when you lay things out to them about being on time, being prepared, uh, work ethic, your attitude, body language, you know, you you always relate them to them too is like guys listen let's let's look let's look at if you're in a job and you show up late to work all the time how long are you going to have a job if your body language is horrible and you have a horrible attitude and the people around you i mean they, they don't want to work with you don't want to be around with you it's it's very difficult for people to establish relationships with you how long you know how long are you going to have a job so it's 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 it, that's just it i mean when you focus on you as a person i always tell people you can be a really good athlete without being a turd. You can be mm -hmm. a good person and a good athlete at the same time. And then as you go to a higher level, when you work with the guys that have gone beyond college, getting them to understand or start thinking about leave a mark other than just you playing football in the NFL. Leave things behind or leave something that get involved with something that is going to make a difference in people's lives. Yeah, you can say it's giving back, but in a way it's it's helping create an opportunity or an education system for kids to learn things sooner than you did. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been rewarding to watch a lot of these guys do that as well, too. Yeah. And that's, that's just awesome. And I'm sure you've had a lot of different stories about that. And you could probably go on and on about all the stories that people have done. So, yes. Um, kind of moving on. I, I understand that next level has formed a relationship with uh, freighter in the medical college of Wisconsin. You know, what led to that partnership and how, how has that relationship helped Next Level? So, Freighter was building a, was in the process of building, sorry about that, it's my dog. Oh, all good. Um, they were in the process of building a, met what you call a medical campus in um, Mequon, Wisconsin. And what they wanted to have within this campus was um, urgent care, a dispensary, uh, you can get your lab work done, imagery, kind of 
a one-stop shop. It's everything except the hospital, if that makes sense. And then one side was um, sports performance attached with all of the orthopedic doctors and rehab. So they had started the process of getting to the point where they were going to build this, and they actually had gone down the path with a different organization that really wasn't going the way that they wanted it to go. And so they had reached out to come down to see our new facility in Waukesha. Mm -hmm. I think just to get some ideas, take a look at, wanted us to take a look at what they were doing and uh, see if there was a thought process, if there could be a relationship, how things could work out. So that's kind of where it started. And then it got to the point where, hey, listen, we want you to come up and you've seen the drawings, kind of talk us to talk us through more about what you are, what led you to doing the design of what you did, how it interacts with all the different components you have. And so um, I go up to the meeting and I come walking into the room and the guy sitting at the head of the table was a teammate of mine at Whitewater, Scott Helwig, former All-American, great player. Uh, and I had no idea that Scott was even involved in this. So it uh, it's amazing how when you go through, I guess, the I guess professional life, as you might say, and you travel around and stuff, how many people you meet that actually have a tie to whitewater athletics or just the school itself. It's, it's pretty amazing. So um, the relationship led from there to completing the uh, medical campus and completing the uh, performance side of it. And um, so what it's, how it's helped next level is giving a, another great um, medical partnership um, from the standpoint of, they they tie into what we do. So yes, if things are broke, come to us and we'll help you fix them. But they also deal with everyday people that are coming in for um, physicals that have all the different things that go into it, high blood pressure, obesity, all the things that go into lifestyle changes and things like that. So it's given them a partner to help with that process when people need that, that they trust and um, are willing to work with and it's 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 been it's been a great relationship and it's worked out well so we have the facility in Waukesha we have the medical campus that we're with them in Mequon and we also have a smaller uh, next level in Wauwatosa which is right across from their cancer from their cancer center so it's been a great relationship um, from us providing them the lifestyle change and performance training and working hand in hand with um, the orthopedic doctors as well as a physical therapist and um, working through a, a referral standpoint. Someone may start with us and go to them and come back, or somebody may start with them and come to us. So it's kind of a flip-flop in percentages. It might be 100% with them, and then you're starting to work towards, you know, it's 80, 20, 70, 30, all the way down to where they're with us. So um, <clears throat> it's been a great relationship, and it's been a great uh, um, opportunity to um, coincide with the rehab aspect of it and, and, and see somebody from the beginning to the end and everyone's ultimate goal is to try and help them get back to hundred percent. So it's been, uh, it's been good. I, it's been a great relationship. Awesome. And obviously that was, that's been pretty recent, hasn't it? That was in the last couple of years. Um, three um, years ago, actually, it's kind okay. of, I got to sit here and think for a second, but yeah, it's been three years. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brad, I'm going to kind of move back here into your playing career. Um, it's kind of in your athletic uh, career. So you, you were originally from Fort Atkinson. Uh, mm -hmm. You decided to play football at UW-Whitewater. 
you know, what went into that recruiting process of coming to UW Whitewater? Um, I had a lot of guys that were playing at Whitewater that were a year ahead of me in high school. And there were some other neighboring counties, high schools that of guys that were the same age that I knew that were going to go there, or maybe they were a little bit older than me that I knew them and they were there. Um, I loved the campus. I loved the program. Um, I had known coach Brezowitz a little bit. Um, and so, you know, it, it's hard to, it's hard to compare the recruiting process back then 30 plus years ago to the way it is now. It's so, so different, but, um, it was, it was just a matter of, Hey, I, this is where I think I'd love to go to school. And I like the campus and I know a lot of guys there and I reached out to them and they said, yeah, come on down. Let's go and sit and talk. And that's just kind of the way it went. It was just a much different process than what it is today. Yeah. To, yeah. yeah to say the least. I know uh, our recruiting process right now is, you know, we're reaching out to them a couple of years in advance and, but it's awesome that you chose Whitewater. Obviously it's, it's close to Fort Atkinson and um, you had a very successful career here. So, um, that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, it, your first year here, you're actually uh, elected a captain of the freshman team in 1990. What kind of confidence did that give you as a in, in your leadership role, uh, being in a leadership role your first year on campus? You know, it's kind of a catch-22 because it was a peer vote. There was coaches involved with it. So now it's like, oh, okay, this is great. It's exciting. They're noticing me. You know, this is going to lead to big and great things, right? Um, and then all of a sudden you sit back and like, well, okay, there's, there's expectations here too. I got to live up to this. Um, but it, it's a big confidence boost from the standpoint that your peers respect you enough, uh, to make you a captain and look for you to leadership. And, you know, it's, it's, and I, I guess in, in my role today too, I talk to kids about that is that, you know, listen, you're, you're all coming in on the same, the same level. And it's, some guys are coming from far away. Some guys are like, for me, I was a 20 minute drive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's first time away from home and you're experiencing things for the first time and you just get to the point where you rely on each other and your relationships. I tell kids this all the time. Your relationships in a college athletic setting are friendships that literally will last a lifetime because you kind of all entered that adulthood, I guess, at the same time. And you go through all those growing pains and figuring things out i mean everybody shows up i mean we all didn't know whether we were foot or horseback but you all kind of figure it out together and, and go through the process and grow and uh it was you know it's a great honor you enjoy it but i guess now that i sit back and think about it um it uh it definitely made you respect and made guys closer and guys were willing to talk to you and look up to you and you know for information and uh, if they couldn't find it, okay, or I guess I'm I'm the guy. I'll go talk to the coaches. Let me get an answer. Let me find out what's going on. So I enjoyed it. And I, to this day, um, I, I still talk to a lot of guys I played with that were played next to them on the field to guys that were on just, they were on the team. They didn't play a whole lot. Uh, we just never really judged each other based off of whether you played or you didn't play or whether you, whatever it might be, we were in it together. And uh, I've got some great friends today because of it. So really enjoyed it now yeah. and also in 1990 the warhawks were undefeated in conference play and won the WIAC with a berth to ncaa division three playoffs you know what kind of experience did you have as a freshman having so much team success within the first year well you know it's it's like anything you know that you you know you you think you're going to rule the world right you have the success you go undefeated you're 10 and 0 
you're going into that first playoff game and you're thinking you're going to go all the way and we're going to win a national championship. And you kind of think, well, that's the way it's going to be every year. Mm-hmm. But I, the senior class that was there, um, a lot of guys have all gone on to successful careers, but they were great, great leaders, great mentors. They were great role models. And um, you learned a lot from watching what they did and asking questions and just not a lot of kids, obviously, in your first year of college, you get an opportunity to go through that whole process of going through the ups and downs of staying undefeated and the amount of work that goes into that and being prepared for the first playoff game. And um, I mean, it was eye opening. It really was. But you learned a lot. And now you knew, OK, I'm in a program here that there's an expectation here. People don't want this to be a once in a great while type thing. And uh, they expect they expect greatness and they expect this to this is what they want, and this is what they expect out of Whitewater uh, football. So it really um, put a goal in front of you and kind of helped you set an outline to understand, hey, look, this is this is who we are, and this is what we're this is what's expected, and this is what's going to go into it. So being to go through that and experience that and watch what the kind of hard work and dedication and consistency it takes to be good, um, I carry with me today. I mean, there's a lot of things I went through in college athletics and, and going through that process of getting through things, um, good, bad, or indifferent. Um, it's it's not always what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. And uh, those are all things that I learned going through college athletics. And it's stuck with me today. Yeah, but I think that's something that is great for everybody to hear there is that, you know, it's not about how you like, what you go through. It's about what you do in the moment. And it's kind of what you mentioned there before, too, just being a sponge, even in your freshman year, just being a sponge with those guys and understanding what they went through and everything that, you know, just learn from them, be a sponge, be in the classroom and learn take as much as you can from them. So it's definitely it, it, it definitely re, re, reaffirms the, 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 the saying that, that goes, you know, you, you learn as much from watching as doing. So keeping these two open, keeping this zipped and these open, um, you can learn a lot. Exactly. So you were actually a defensive lineman. You know, what were your strengths as a defensive lineman and what were some areas you tried to improve each each year throughout your career? Well, I think my one of my biggest strengths was just my my physical strength. I was a pretty strong guy. I don't know if I still have them. I think I used to have majority of the weightlifting records down there. I don't know if they still do that or not, but I was uh, I mean, that was my strength. I was I, I was it was fast. I was, you know, I could move my feet in my hands as far as laterally and stuff was great. Um, was shorter, you know, I'm five foot nine. I was going against a lot of guys that were six two, six three, six four, six five, six six. Um, you know, it was really having to work every year on leverage and passing situations of how to get around those guys and pass moves and continue to work on hands. And um, so when I played, uh, we always played out of a tilt. So the nose guard was always in a tilt to the weak mm-hmm. side looking at strength but you were to the weak side and so um it's it's not easy to do because you're you're controlling both a gaps from one side so you got to read both guards in the center and um and so it wasn't gap it wasn't preset gap everything was head read so they go right you go right they go left you go left um so always working on not trying to guess and not trying to pick a side in certain situations whether you're in an over or stack all those things that we were doing so it was just always continuing to work on um, reactionary skills to what's going on in front of you and, and, and pass rush type stuff. 
Yeah, and that's that's something that obviously everybody as a defensive lineman you talk to, just things to work on, right? You can be the strongest guy out there, but you got to be able to read out the play the entire time. And uh, you can't, like you said, you can't guess. No, yeah. you can't guess, and you've got to get, you know, you've, you've got to get that. You can spend all the time you want in, in the world in the weight room, but you've got to be able to transfer that and, and, and utilize it in, in the, uh, on the field. And, uh, yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, your career actually culminated in 1993 uh, with all-conference and all-American awards. You know, what, what did those awards mean to you then, and what do they mean to you now? Um, you know, I think probably at the time, it, it, you know, at the time getting them, it was great. You still always had the sense that it wasn't really an individual award. It was more about the team and the guys around you that helped you do it. I mean, we were all in it together. And uh, you know, I we had a pretty formal D line. I mean, I played some really good guys, and we we worked together well, and we communicated well, and we we were able to do some really good things. Um, you know, I, as as I look at it now, and you look back at it, I guess it was kind of the, I don't know if you want to say the icing on the cake, so to speak. Of mm -hmm. you know, you put a lot of time. It's even in high school. You know, whatever level of football, you know, high school, college, whatever, every level you go to, it doubles. Right, basically, it doubles. So you put a lot of time in during the week for four hours on a Saturday or four hours on a Friday. And um, so going through all that work and practice time and back then you still had two days, you know, I mean, it wasn't the rotation stuff you do now. I mean, it was full pads twice a day. I want to say we might have even done triple days at some point, but um, you know, it was just a culmination of, Hey, it was worth it. And just kind of give you kind of look at it to say, yeah, people thought I was good enough to get some of these things. And um I think it was just a culmination of hard work and, and, and it's always nice when you get something extrinsic, right? It's, it's hard to continue to go down a process thinking that you're a, a solely an intrinsic motivator. Um, yep, everyone yep. likes to think that, but human nature, you need some extrinsic things once in a while too. And I think that was just kind of a culmination of that. And um, I mean, it's, it's an honor. I mean, I, I don't certainly go around telling people, Hey, did you know this? Hey, did you know that? Or whatever. It's just, if somebody knows it great, if they don't, that's great too. So, Yep. Um, yeah. No, that's that's perfect. And um, obviously, like you said, it's not always about the in individual award. It's about, you know, being with your guys. And, you know, obviously, you, like you said, you guys work very well together. And those awards culminated because of that. And um, yeah, looking back on it now, it's 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 a great honor. And it's something to look back and be proud of. Right. Like you said, that extrinsic extrinsic award, you know, and just use that as motivation continuing. So, yes, sir. So during your time as a Warhawk, you know, who were the people that helped you uh, along your path academically and athletically? You know, if you want to talk about academically, it was probably the late, great Milsey, the longtime baseball coach uh, at Whitewater was my um, academic advisor. And he was awesome with um, helping me uh, establish where I wanted to go and constantly checking in from the standpoint of, do you really want to be a PE teacher? Do you want to be a strength coach? Do you want to this? Do you want to that? And it was just it was just a great process of going through that with him and him always caring about what I thought was right for me and being able to go in and talk to him about, hey, I'm thinking this or I'm going through this. What do you think of this or what do you think of that? And um, and so when I wanted to be a strength coach and got to that point uh, when I was done playing, uh, then Coach Brezowitz took me under his wing, and he had me start going to conferences with him. 
So he would go out and talk to different high schools. There might have been two or three high schools at one, or it may have been just one high school. And uh, he'd always have me come with him. And he really worked on me from to the point of being comfortable um, talking in front of adults and expressing my thoughts and having a, an outline and being fluid in, in my presentation. And it, to this day, I, I still remember doing those with him. And I, I can remember the first time going back, did the first one and we're driving back and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't so good, was it? He's like, yeah, I think you said I'm um, about 1500 times. We got to figure out how to get over that. But as I always say, you, you can't, you don't have to be great to start. You got to start somewhere to be great. And that was, that was huge. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget that going through those processes and how it made me just get over that comfort zone of not wanting to talk in front of people to, I enjoy doing it. So, um, and then the, the, and there was other people, I mean, my, my strength coach that I'd had a white wear when I first got there, his name is Dan Worth to this day is my mentor. And uh, got close with him, spent a lot of time. We bow hunted together. I used to sit in his office and we would just talk training. And so he left after my sophomore year and ironically took the head strength job at University of Arizona. And uh, I ended up replacing him down the road when I left Minnesota. And uh, he was a big role in my life and, and kind of formatting what I wanted to do and help, helping with that process. And then, of course, as you as you go through the maturation process and you get higher up as far as, you know, you're not a freshman anymore. Now you're a sophomore until you're a junior. Um, you know, our defensive coordinator, Bruce Bukowski, uh, was uh, a, a huge influence in my life. And um, he's a guy to this day that once in a while you get a phone call from him. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Or if you're in a crossroads and you got to make a, a career decision or what do you think of this or what do you think of that? You can still call these coaches today and they will talk to you and give them, give, you know, give you their advice. And our D-line coach, uh, Jim Scharfenberg, who also has passed away, by, um, he has passed away now, um, was another uh, great mentor and, and, and just a good guy. And, and um, they all made it a point when you got there on campus as a freshman to make you feel a part of something. You were part of a program. You were part of a family. Um, you're not in this, to, you know, you're not in this alone. We're all in this and together. So. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to have some great coaches and great people in my life when I first got there that are still big parts of it today. Yeah, that's that's an awesome story about it, right? It's just be, being connected with people that, like you said, have built those relationships without the entire year and um, being with them till still today. And that's something that I think Whitewater is very known for is um, getting those relationships. And like you said, when you came in, it wasn't just about Oh, this is our team. This is what we're going to do. No, it's about building a relationship, building a family atmosphere, so that kids feel comfortable coming in there. So, like that, I think you hit it right on the spot there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it 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 is. It, it's always been a huge part of uh, the concept that uh, you know Whitewater is family. And uh, I mean, I, I still got great friends that didn't even play sports. I just met them from going to school there. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, yeah. Yep. Um, so we're actually in a really uncertain time right now, obviously, with this pandemic. You know, what effect has this had on sports performance, both, both short term and long term? Well, you know, at the media, when it, you know, you had lockdowns and things, you know, of course, the short term is, is that, you know, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. um, you're not, you know, you can't get into facilities and you're not with a strength coach, so to speak. Um, so from the short term, um, it, it, it definitely affected um the routines and things that people are used to, right? 
Um, long term, and I and I I, I, I don't want to say if it's long term, it's maybe I don't know a short end of long term. I guess you want to say um, when people are on their own. You know, it, it definitely I think helped people reaffirm that you really don't appreciate something or, or know what you have until it's gone. The flip side of it is, is am I really truly dedicated to do this on my own? I mean, uh, if it's important to me, I'm going to find a way to get it done and I'm going to find a way to do it. Um, so, but then on the other half, I think uh, with having the lockdowns and coming out of that and getting back into activity, um, it's, it's created this somewhat of a managerial nightmare in trying to figure out who's been active, who hasn't been active. Um, how do we bring these guys back safely and uh, correctly and not go from nothing to something in a hundred miles an hour and expect that something's not going to happen. Um, so yes, people can look at different levels that are currently playing and injuries are up and you know, those are all things that can you blame it on being locked down? Can you blame it on guys being on their own? Can you blame it on this? Can you blame it on that? I'm sure you could talk to 50 different people and get 50 different answers. Right. Um, but it's like anything. It's, it's how you respond to it. It's not what happens. It's how you respond to it. And I think, too, is I see a lot of coaches that have understood now more so the importance of really truly teaching. And it's okay if an athlete asks why. Because the more they know, uh, the more they're going to get out of it. And they're they're educating themselves. So the more you can educate them and put a means to an end of what you're trying to do with them when they're not with you, I think the chances of things being internalized are more and it's understood more and it's going to stay with them. And they follow, they're going to be more apt to follow through with things. So um, just been a lot of good, a lot in between some bad. Um, but it's, again, I just keep coming back to it's, it's, it's what you make of it. So, We've been back in, you know, we, we were locked down and uh, we opened back up again in May. And as time's gone on, Waukesha County has expanded um, the amount of people that, you know, can be around time. And my facility is fairly large, so I can really spread people out and not have people on top of each other and stuff. Um, so that aspect's been good. But uh, I think it makes a lot of people appreciate more of what you have and uh, don't take things for granted. Yep, and that's that's a great point. I know that's something here that Coach Bullis has been really focusing on, right? We we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow with it being in school, right? And last spring, right. students and athletes couldn't even come to school. Right? We couldn't have any practices. We couldn't do anything. You know, we came in here and we were able to have some practices, and um, they ba they basically said, you know, don't take anything for granted because maybe tomorrow we won't be able to practice anymore. So what you have in front of you right now is good, and I love the aspect of having athletes understand the why. I think that's the biggest thing um, is understanding why they need to do something, why they do it a certain way. So that, like you said, they understand it, they can do it better on their own. And I think there's a lot more of teaching over a Zoom, over a WebEx, right? There's more stuff like that. People gotta get out of their comfort zone just to be able to learn. And athletes and people need to understand their why to make sure that they're doing everything right. 100%. I, I just uh, I really I really think so is that um, um, just like to me the biggest thing you know is pre-workout is your warm-up and activation and things like that and, and all of a sudden kids aren't with you and they're like okay so what was what, what did we all do again and they could have been with you for three years right and every time they come in they do the same thing mm -hmm. uh, and it's just it's one of those things where you just 
really sit back and you're like, yeah, I mean, if I make this important and I emphasize it and I hold them to the fire and this is how it's got to be done and I'm going to educate and teach and remind, um, then it's it, it's it becomes ingrained a lot quicker. So I think presentations, how things are presented become a lot more important. And just like you said, too, with Zoom calls. I mean, it's not like, you, you know, I know a lot of people sit on Zoom calls a lot now. I mean, we, mm -hmm. I understand that's hopefully it's not going to stay the new norm. Um, but there again, you got limited time. And so your presentation becomes important and get to the point and have clarity and uh, understand your audience and, and get most out of the time that you have. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. So before we let you go, Brad, we have some uh, quick hitter questions for you. All right. Okay. So the first one, first one I have for you is your favorite restaurant in Whitewater. Are you talking currently or when I was there? Whenever. Your favorite all time. Oh, man. <laughs> I got to say it was probably Randy's Supper Club. They used to have a buffet on Sundays, and we used to have our, our banquets there. And um, there was another place that had a great breakfast. I can't remember the name of it now. It was down. You go down, you go down, you go down Main and take a right, right at the brass rail there. It was up on the left-hand side. Uh, they had awesome breakfasts in there. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, yeah, it was so long ago now. But uh, <laughs> it was at Rockies and Hardies and things like that too. But yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah, uh, favorite place to watch football? I'd say probably the Brass Rail. Okay, perfect. Uh, when you were when you were playing as a Warhawk, what was your pregame ritual or any superstitions that you had? Uh, superstitions. I always wore my, I always wore the same undershirt. I washed it. Okay. So I didn't come in with flies around me, but I always wore the same, the same undershirt. Um, kind of had a playlist that I would listen to. I was never a big, you rah, rah, smash your head, yell and scream and get all nuts. I mean, I used to sit back and watch guys do that. And it's, you know, you watch them just kind of fade real quick because they spent all the energy screaming. Um, so it was kind of as you went through warm up, I you know I, it wasn't like I walked through stuff, but I just slowly kind of ramped up and got myself ready to go. And I, don't know, I was just wasn't a big you rah rah guy till it was time to go and uh, got to go out and play. So I didn't ever thought wasting my energy on uh, two hours before the start of a game made much sense. So um, I was always kind of off to myself and listened to my music and just kind of did my thing, got ready to go. There you go. Last one I have for you, Brad, is uh, what is the best lift a young athlete can do? Young athlete. You're talking a high school kid? Sure. Well, I would say probably the front squat. It's in the, And people say, ask me why. Well, you've got to have the hip and ankle mobility to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so you're getting a great shin angle, which is application to acceleration and deceleration. Um, you've got to have the core stability to maintain neutral spine because like a muscle contraction, it's all or nothing. So if you go, you know, if you don't have that and you're losing a link in the chain somewhere, you're going to dump the weight forward. So, um, I just think there's a tremendous amount of carryover from a front squat to athletic performance. So I've always said, if I want to see how strong somebody is, I'm going to test them in a front squat to get them stronger. I'll back squat them, mm -hmm. but the properties of a back squat, uh, stance is a little wider hips are sitting back. You really don't come to a stop throwing your hips back. Does that make sense? Yep. You come, you're coming into a stop with a shin angle. Your knees are going towards the toes. 
Um, so, and there's, if you're gonna have an Olympic content to anything you're gonna do beyond that, front squat will set you up for that. But going through the process of preparing yourself for that, um, it's, it's a very, very um, athletic movement. It has a lot of carryover to it, I think, in uh, just from the standpoint of movement. Perfect. Perfect. You know, Brad, I, I really do appreciate you joining me today on Inside uh, Athletic, Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. I really do appreciate you uh, joining us today, and I wish you all the best moving forward. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I wish you guys the best, and uh, it sounds like you guys handled this whole process of uh, COVID great and got some good work in, and we'll see what happens after the first of the year and what happens into the spring. So I wish you guys all the best, and uh, I appreciate it. you having me on. This is great. Yep. Thank yep. you so much, Brad. You bet. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union, achieving more together. Now, back to the podcast. My name is Kelly Storty and I'm a graduate assistant in sports communication for the Warhawks. Today's guest is Ashley Tirina, who is currently in her final year of college majoring in communication with an emphasis in corporate health. She ran track and field here for the last four years and saw great success. In her 2018 indoor season, she finished eighth in the 4x4 meter relay at the NCAA Division III Indoor Championship. In the 2019 season outdoor, she placed 13th in the 400 meter dash with her best, with her season best, 60.42 seconds at the WIAC Outdoor Championship. In her final season in 2020 indoor, her season best time was 29.18 seconds in the 200 meter dash. Ashley has received awards such as All American in the indoor 4x4 meter relay. United States Track and Field and Cross Country Coaches Association All Midwest Region and Second Team All Conference and so on. Ashley, thank you for joining me today. How are things going for you? Things are going pretty good. I'm starting to finally get adjusted to all the classes being online and just kind of trying to get through my last two semesters. Well, good. I'm really glad to hear that. I know it's been an adjustment definitely for everyone here on campus and some more adjustments are going to come in the future, but you'll definitely get through it. But we're going to start off with the first question here. Can you walk me through how you chose to attend Whitewater and then run track here? So initially, I didn't actually really know where Whitewater even was, but then I did track in high school. So I got a recruitment letter in the mail from the track coach here. Um, and I thought it seemed like a good idea to like go and just take a look. Um, and I came and I went on tour here and I met with MJ, the coach, and I just really, really liked him. I liked hearing all about how the track team is here. And that's kind of just how I decided to come here. Yeah, I definitely agree that <clears throat> coming and seeing campus like really, really helped. And then, you know, obviously the campus is really really nice and then when you fall in love with like the team and everything like that it just makes everything a little bit easier 
So following that up, can you explain what your transition was like from high school to college? How did you adjust um, from being just a student to a student athlete in college? Um, So already knowing that I was going to do track in college, I knew it was going to be a lot tougher than it was in high school, um, especially just with like practices and like all the team stuff that we just didn't really have in high school because it's not as competitive from high school versus college. And in terms of homework and stuff, I definitely had to plan out my days a little bit more, but I am a very structured person, so I like having the idea of structure and just knowing, like, when I had to go lift, when I had practices, and, like, what times I was going to, like, eat all my meals and do my homework and stuff like that. Yeah, it's definitely a big adjustment, but having, you know, that schedule, like, knowing that your practice was at, like, a set time and your lifts were at a set time every single day, like, being able to plan your classes around that, like, too, is really, really helpful, and, like, just really, like, setting aside time to, like, get all your work done so that, like, you can focus at practice, like, definitely helps. So jumping off that question, what would your biggest tip be while trying to balance being in college, having a social life, focusing on academics, sports, and then also having just other activities in your daily life? Um, Well, I think like going off of what I kind of said in the previous question, like it helps to kind of have a set schedule and you can plan out your day just when you're going to have your meals, when you're going to do your homework, when you're going to get all your other stuff done. Um, In terms of like a social life, whatever team you're on you're gonna for the most part be hanging out with the people on your team so they're gonna understand that you have a lot on your plate and you have a lot going on and even if not this is a very like sports oriented school and a lot of people here do play sports so a lot of people are gonna understand even if they're not on the same sports team as you they understand the busy schedule that all the athletes have so it's really not that hard to balance um having a social life in terms of that I know we lived together for, you know, the last three years and we did have different practice schedules, but we kind of respected that, you know, each of us had to go to our practice at our certain time. And like when we got home is when we would spend like the most time with one another. But it definitely like helps surrounding yourself with people who have similar schedules because then you're not like really distracted. Yeah, I think too, like you're pretty much for the most part if you're an athlete you're going to be hanging around other athletes regardless of if it's on your team or not so that's kind of the people that you end up surrounding yourself with anyway so it's good yeah I agree so talking directly about track what do you feel like you have most improved over the last four years I would say probably something that I've most improved on is actually my speed um because when I was in high school track wasn't like a huge deal there our track team wasn't super great um and the coaches were always kind of just going through the motions and they were just coaching to get paid for coaching essentially um so coming here I had a coach who was just strictly a track coach like he wants his team to do good he wants us to be successful so my like drive became a lot better and improved a lot more and I actually wanted to do good because I had a really good coaching versus high school when I didn't Um, So I became a lot faster in college versus high school, and I became a lot better. I think you can also agree with this, like, having a strength coach that, like, totally focuses, like, just on your sport and, like, what muscles and, like, all of the things that you need to prove on, improve on, like, directly helps for sure because I know that's, like, another thing that we didn't have in high school is kind of just, like, you're doing your own workouts and whatever you could do to try and improve, like, on your own. 
Yeah, I remember in high school, like, we hardly ever did any type of lifting. Like, it was maybe, like, once a week, every two weeks. And, like, no one was, like, a set lifting coach or, like, knew any kind of lifts that were going to help for, like, your specific event. So, it definitely helps here. You have, like, all your different event coaches for all different kinds of things that are, like, strictly for that specific event. They're going to know how to train you. Right, that's definitely a huge improvement from high school to college. So how did you handle the pressure of a regular season meet versus a conference or your national meets? Um, well, obviously every meet is going to be really stressful and really nerve-wracking. Um, but then when you come to conference and nationals, the adrenaline is just so high and you know that it's like very serious now. Sometimes <clears throat> it's almost like easier at one of those meets to not feel so much pressure just because you're so ready to compete and you're so ready with like all the excitement that you have in the adrenaline um and I think it kind of evens it out a little bit yeah that's honestly awesome because just everyone you know hyping you up definitely like helps and just like being at like a high strung meet is just it just makes you want to like do better and like get yourself really really prepared for that meet yeah and I think like the energy coming from your team really helps as well just because you know everyone's ready you know everyone's excited regardless if they're competing or not and that's really what matters is like everyone just hyping each other up and like having that positive mindset and all that yeah that's awesome So me not really knowing much about track, I definitely thought about what the difference would be versus indoor and outdoor running. Can you kind of explain that and then which one you enjoy more? Um, So there's a lot of differences between outdoor and indoor. Like I'm not a field events person, but they have different field events for like outdoor and indoor. Like for example, javelin throw, they don't have that inside, but they have it outside. Um, But for me, like what affects me the most is the weather so like if it's indoor obviously it doesn't really matter about the weather because you're inside so you don't really have to prepare for that versus outdoor it could be any kind of weather and most likely you're still gonna have to run unless there's like a tornado or something but um then you have to rely a lot on the weather and like how that's gonna affect you basically for outdoor you kind of have to rely on there being good weather and even if it is like it could be super windy so you might not go as fast just because the wind is going against you versus indoor that doesn't really matter um and personally I like both but like I would probably prefer outdoor just because you like go a little bit faster outdoor so our times are always a lot better outdoor but I do like not having to rely on the weather and just like the circumstances just like knowing solidly like it's not going to matter it's all the same for everyone so kind of jumping off that question actually how is it running on different tracks inside or outside do you feel like any different with that um outside not really but some tracks are kind of built differently so like the curves might be a little bit shorter and the straightaway is like a little bit longer depending on the track and then indoor the only thing that really could be different is just like the layout they're all the same size some might be like a little bit bouncier some might be a little bit flatter so there's some that like we enjoy the whole team, not even just me, enjoy running on it a little bit more. For example, Oshkosh, um, it's a bit bouncier of a track, so it feels a lot better to run on it. So, like, people prefer to run on that one versus other indoor tracks. Yeah, that's super awesome. I actually had no idea that there was, like, any differences, but I think it could definitely help in your time for sure. So, 
So how do you regroup from a day that your performance was not up to your standard? Um, so the only days we have like back to back meets and stuff would be uh, conference and nationals. And like I said before, those meets are just so high adrenaline and just like so just kind of a lot of pressure too. um, as long as you're like recovering well and just kind of not if you have a bad performance just not really letting it get to you because it's just such a hit or miss sport too like you never know what's gonna happen you could have a really good day you could have a really bad day as long as you're not letting that get to you and you're recovering while you're like stretching and doing everything you can to cool down then you're gonna be fine yeah and I think that you have your team there too and like you pointed out it is like conference or nationals like that are the two or three day events so you're just happy to be there and I think that's important as an athlete just like being grateful for the opportunity and if you do well you do well and if you don't then you know you move on and get better next year. So Ashley can you tell me your most memorable athletic memory at Whitewater? Um, so my sophomore year, I was lucky enough to be on the 4x4 team that made it to nationals. Um, we were ranked, I think we were ranked maybe like fourth in the nation, and we ended up placing eighth, but we still placed because top eight gets All-American. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did get All-Americans, and literally three of my best friends were on the relay team with me it was so much fun like the whole entire year was just amazing because we had so much fun together we were just so motivated and just so happy that we were doing so well that that made it all worth it and yeah we got all americans so that's a pretty big deal here (laughs) i mean that's super cool and i think that obviously not a lot of people even get to compete in national tournaments and or you know, receive the title of All-American, but I mean, it's just Whitewater's an amazing school to come to, come to for athletics, and you guys obviously had a great accomplishment, so congrats to you. Thank you. So jumping off of that question, what was your favorite meet to compete in? Um, well, I'd have to probably say the same one, the Nationals meet, um, for a lot of reasons. For one, it was in Alabama, so that was super awesome. We got to take a plane there. We were there for like, probably like four days I would say um the track was also banked which means it's raised up on the corners Mm. and I've never ran on a track like that before and it just kind of helps with speed and stuff like that so it was really interesting it was kind of nerve-wracking at first but I think that helped a little bit because no one had really ran on tracks like that before besides maybe the people from Alabama um but yeah so that was super cool And it was just really fun to, like, be there with my friends as well um, that were all on the same team as me. That's super awesome. And it's really cool. You obviously got to experience a high-level tournament and a new track and totally different atmosphere and weather. So I'm sure you had to adjust to all that. But you guys did really well, so I'm sure you'll never forget it. Yeah, it was, like, super good competition, too, and just all around, like, a very good meet to be in. Awesome. So what do you miss most about being a part of the track team now that you're in school and not an athlete anymore? Um, I definitely miss having the structure of just practices and lifting, and you always had a set time for that. Um, I still work out a lot now, but it's a lot harder to get myself to be motivated to do it when I'm just doing it on my own time versus being kind of forced to go um, for like a set scheduled practice. So I miss that for sure. I also miss, I still have a lot of friends that are on the team and some of my really good friends that I made throughout the years. Um, I don't get to see them as much because they're still doing track and they're super busy all the time. 
Uh, so I miss that too. I miss seeing my coach all the time. And yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's a transition being in school and not being an athlete, but you know, you're still staying on top of working out. So that's good. The next question I have for you is, do you feel like being an athlete has helped with your transition thus far into adulthood? And what are some of the biggest lessons or takeaways that you have from being an athlete? Uh, Yeah, I definitely think it will help me transition into adulthood easier. Um, Just because of the fact, like, my drive got very, very high because of being in this sport and, like, being so motivated to do so. Um, And then also I've interviewed for like internships and stuff and like jobs and people love seeing that you're an athlete. They love seeing that on your resume. Um, And I've always been told to like, oh, people look like employers look for athletes. Um, They love seeing that you have the motivation and you're able to like manage your time. Uh, So I think that'll definitely help a lot in the future. Yeah, and, like, also, like, the mental side of things, like, you, like, understand, like, what it's like to be under pressure and, like, set goals and, like, all of those things are obviously going to help you in your future. And just like you said, there's totally so many employers who appreciate and understand that athletes are totally driven. They're unlike any other people, so I think that's really, really important, too. So what hobbies have you picked up since you ended your athletic career here? Okay, so I can think of two right now. And the first one is actually like harder lifting versus just like the lifts that we would do for practices that were on a sheet of paper that we had to just get checked off. Um, I spend a lot of time in the gym now doing actual lifts um, and just trying to gain a lot more muscle mass versus when I did track, I was trying to be as small as I could be because it was a lot easier to get faster. Um, And then another thing is I actually have had time now to start reading, which I used to do a lot in like middle school, elementary school, kind of stopped in like high school and all throughout college just because I was so busy with sports. But now that I had a lot more time on my hand, I started doing it again. So that's another fun thing that I started doing. That's super awesome. I definitely would like to pick up on reading. That's something I have always wanted to do, but just haven't. So you have motivated me to do it. (laughs) So, Ashley, what would you like to do post-graduation? So, my major is corporate and health communication, but my ultimate goal is to do something in the marketing field. I kind of want to just do marketing for a Fortune 500 company, like which would be like Walmart, Target, anything along those lines. That's kind of my main goal, and if that doesn't work out for me, probably something in sales. That's awesome. I definitely think you can achieve that goal. And another question I have for you is, where do you see yourself in five years? Sorry if that's a tough one. Oh, God. Kelly, I don't even know what I'm eating for dinner tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Probably, I would hope that I have a stable job by then, and I'm just, like, happy with what I'm doing. Probably not living at home with my parents, because that wouldn't really be ideal anymore in five years. Um, Hopefully working out, still steady the same way that I have been. And, yeah, just happy. Yeah, that's the ultimate goal is just to be happy. So lastly, Ashley, we'll go through five hitter questions for you before we wrap up. So the first one is, who is your favorite runner in the Olympics? Um, I would probably say Usain Bolt just because he's just unreal, so speedy. He is, totally. Favorite professional sports team? 
Well, I have to go with the Bears because I'm from Chicago, so definitely the Bears. Oh, so am I, but <laughs> they are my fave. Um, now, what is your favorite restaurant in Whitewater? Okay, so I have two. I would say 841, just Whitewater based, but I go to Qdoba like every day, so Qdoba is also another one. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good choice. And then how about your favorite spot on campus? Um, Probably my room or my apartment in general but there's this place like right above what's the the uc i think yeah where you can like sit out on the balcony and do your homework Mm -hmm. yeah i really like going there yeah i really liked that place too and then lastly your pregame ritual um well before every meet i would always put on these socks that i have and they're from the bookstore they have warhawks on them and a purple stripe and those are my track meat socks so there you go (laughs) whatever works for you Ashley, thank you so much for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. I appreciate the time and wish you all of the best moving forward. Yeah, of course. Same to you. Thanks for having me. Of course.